Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. In this episode, we're going to talk with Timothy P. Brown about one of the unique variations of penalty enforcement, the half-the-distance penalty, and the longest ever of that variety of penalty enforcement. Tim's looked it up, has the answers for us, and it's coming up in just a moment. This is the Pigskin Daily History Dispatch, a podcast that covers the anniversaries of American football events throughout history on a day-to-day basis. Your host, Darren Hayes, is podcasting from America's North Shore to bring you the memories of the gridiron one day at a time. So as we come out of the tunnel of the Sports History Network, let's take the field and go no huddle through the portal of positive gridiron history with pigskindispatch.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, my football friends. This is Darren Hayes of pigskindispatch.com. Welcome once again to the Pigpen, your portal to positive football history. And we have another great episode where we get to talk to Timothy P. Brown of footballarchaeology.com, talk about one of his most recent tidbits, some of those unique aspects of football history. Uh, Tim, welcome back to the Pigpen. Thank you, Darren. Look forward to talking about the penalty situation in football. Yeah, this is a very fascinating tidbit you had back in late May. It was titled Football's Longest Half the Distance Penalty. You know, we're we're sitting there, you know, in our modern times, we think of a half the distance penalty. You know, somebody uh, you know, is gets penalized and gets the penalty gets walked back towards their own goal line. And usually maybe they're at the nine yard line and it's uh, you know, a holding call and they got to walk back to the four and a half or whatever. That's what we're doing. But you're talking about something entirely different here with, with as far as yardage. It's not a four and a half yard walk off. These are some, some massive jaunts for uh, the teams to travel. So please, please do tell, you know, I mean, so foot, early football didn't have necessarily, distance penalties as we you know think of them today uh typically the penalty if it for, for the fouls that were called was the loss of the ball you know it was a turnover but then they you know those they kind of recognized that those were too severe and so then they started you know especially after the field got marked with yard lines and they started doing distance penalties and so in um in 1889 um, there were, they created, that was the first half the distance penalties. And that was for, you know, intentionally tackling below the knees because you couldn't tackle below the knees then, butting, tripping, and throttling, which was choking. And so um, that penalty was 25 yards or half the distance. Hmm. Um, and then, you know, later on, they started doing some things where it was um, like in 1908, they kind of bundled all the unsportsmanship uh, penalties together. And they made it, if you committed an unsportsmanlike penalty, then you were disqualified and your team was penalized half the distance. Um, 
and that that stayed in place till like 1947 and then then they limited the half distance to to 15 yards right so you could it couldn't be more than it was which, whichever was uh 15 yards or half the distance but max was 15 yards um and so that's you know like you said in the open it was like we think of a half a distance half the distance penalty as applying when you're inside your own 30 right um if you're at the 45 either either 45 it doesn't matter it's just whatever the normal penalty is and you know we cap them at 15 yards nowadays but 25 yard penalties used to be pretty common um so you know before we capped them there was the opportunity in a half the distance world for some really long penalties and now i mean i'm kind of limited by the way i can search in these newspaper databases so i'm searching for keywords and strings of words so i can't say that i found the longest it's what i found was longest that i found but still pretty long um so the longest one that i came across was in a 1901 game northwestern against uh minnesota northwestern was in the red zone they were on uh minnesota's eight yard line and a northwestern player jumped off side and slugged uh a minnesota player uh so they called a penalty so they were on the eight and this was in the days of the 110 yard field so that meant that you know 110 minus eight uh, was 104, or no, I'm sorry, 102. <laughs> and so they walked off a 51-yard penalty against Northwestern, which took the ball, as it turned out, it took the ball all the way back to Northwestern's 51-yard 50, line, right? Um, and then in 1906, I found Vanderbilt got nailed for a 32-yard penalty and the same year Penn State got hit with a 30-yard penalty. And then at that point I stopped looking. You know, I mean I, I found a couple of couple of instances. Uh and and then in 1912, they reduced the length of the field to hundred yards. So there's no way you were gonna have a fifty another fifty-one yard penalty. So, anyways, it's possible that there was a 52, 53, or 54 yard penalty at some point out there. I didn't find it. If somebody else wants to go look, have at it <laughs> and let me know if you find it. Um, but you know, it's still it's just kind of you know really fun um, and that that these existed. And then, but even after the uh, after the field was reduced, um, you know, the thirty three Pittsburgh Pirates, a running back was uh, heading into the head, headed towards the end zone, stiff arms the opponent, but stiff arms him in the face and he gets called for a an unsportsmanlike penalty at the two yard line so 49 yard penalty as they <laughs> walk off half the distance right um, so that's likely the longest or at least ties for the longest so, um, in, in the hundred yard so nfl officials have been against the the steelers even before they were the steelers they back in the pirates days in the first year <laughs> Yeah, a thirty-three. Um, I'm I'm not going to play your game there. With this. <laughs> the officials not not, not uh, understanding your, your Steelers. Um, 
But the, the other thing that's just kind of funny is that, okay, so now this half the distance thing um, now is capped, you know, at 15 yards. But uh, you mentioned your favorite Steelers. And now I grew up a Packer fan, but I've lived in Detroit long enough that there's a certain amount of lionness that has become part of my body. Uh, so I can appreciate, uh, given the Lions history, that in 2015, a cornerback for the Lions incurred a 66-yard pass interference penalty. Because, wow. you know, in the NFL, pass interference is, spot, is a spot foul, right? Right. So <laughs> 66 yards downfield, he committed a little P.I. And, and uh, so... <laughs> it was the Packers, which was okay by my standards. So they, you know, sixty-six yards on a penalty. Just yeah, that's, th- those are astounding facts. I I did an article last year. I did uh, some of the NFL's longest fourth and and yardage to go penalties. And it was it was fascinating. I mean, we had uh, you know a fourth and twenty-nine that was converted by Ray Rice in twenty twelve. Uh, the Oakland Raiders had a third and 48 against Kansas City that I think they end up getting first down back in 2013. But uh, 1971, the Patriots had fourth and 63 against the Cowboys. And the biggest one, though, was my Steelers had fourth and 74 against the Raiders in 1970. And they punted, and the punt only traveled 55 yards. So they were still 20 yards behind the sticks after the punt. To, no, there was no half the distance penalties. I was going through that earlier yeah. to see if I could find some in there that uh, to help your story, well, but just and that you know that's part of the thing. Like before, um, like in college football, you really don't have much in the way of there are no consistent statistics until thirty six or thirty eight. I forget which it is, but um, and even then it was it's just a subset of all of major colleges. So, um, so, you know, the things, so looking for like the longest half the distance penalty, there's no source, you know, there's no database that has that, you know, it's, it's, you can only search for it using like newspaper databases and, you know, those kinds of things. But the the other thing that it brings up, and I wanted to ask you about it as a former official is, you know, one of the, one of the problems football had over the years was the lengthier the penalty, the more reluctant officials often were to call the penalty because it, you know, they, you know, they didn't want to be the ones deciding the game. I mean, they, they would if, if need be, but on things like, you know, a lot of the early clipping calls, people, they weren't, they didn't want to call clipping. Um, you know, it's kind of just the nature of the game. People accepted it. Um, so things like that, you know, the, so the, and that was one of the reasons they got rid of those 25 yard penalties. Um, you know, it just, it was too much of a, they felt like it put too much power in the hands of a, of a, an official who often were overworked back then, especially, you know, they, you had three or four men, four man crews trying to figure out what the, you know, watching everybody on the field, you know, it, it just wasn't possible. Yeah. I think it's a lot of human nature. I mean, most people, and I will put most uh, before that, don't want to inflict uh, the ultimate uh, sentence upon their fellow man. And, or, yeah. So, I mean, it's just human nature. You don't want to do that. I mean, it, it, one of the things I guess we could compare in modern times is somebody um, 
getting a little uh, loose with their arms against another player, taking a swing at them. And, you know, in high school football, you, even a swing and a miss is an automatic ejection. And most uh, states have it where you will not play the next game after if you're ejected in a game. You're disqualified not only for that game, but for the following game. So you're really yeah. punishing him. So so that goes to the back of officials' minds. I mean, it's got to be something very blatant to, to get ejected yeah. from a game uh, for the most part, especially – one that you're going to know you're going to get DQ'd for the, the following contest. But I think that has some merit to what you're saying, a 25 yard penalty. Uh, that's, that's pretty substantial. You know, that's a, a quarter of the field yeah. Yeah. and uh, could definitely change a game in a heartbeat. Well, and you know, but if you, if you think about, you know, back to the origins that, that penalties, penalties were turnovers or fouls, you know, were turnovers. The penalty was the loss of the ball. Um, so, you know, forward passes until 1906, forward pass was a turnover, you know, unsportsmanship, unsportsmanlike, you know, conduct until, you know, 1889 was a turnover. So, Hmm. you know, um, and then DQs were, you know, much more common. I mean, people go get their, get up in arms about targeting disqualifications now, but, you know, Hey, to me, if, you know, if you, if you're going to endanger, you know, if you're going to endanger another player, then that's too yeah. good. And, and I personally, I love what, what college football does with the targeting. And, you know, it's called on the field and they, they really take a great look at it to make sure that the official on the field was calling it on the spot to get it right. So it is going to be an impactful thing. It might be the, the star linebacker getting yeah. ejected or staying in the game. You know, it's so many times you see that happen the last couple of years since they've been doing that and enforcing it and, and even uh, getting rid of the penalty. Uh, sometimes I think it's a great thing for football and I'm, I'm glad that they yeah. do that. Yeah. And I mean, people go, people make a lot of arguments against it and, you know, Hey, well, you know, when I played, I was aggressive and blah, 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 you know, whatever, go ahead and tell your story. But it's like, you know, you, you just have to learn not, you know, not to hit that way in that situation. You know, they all know where the sideline is. They all know, you know, things along. They know when the ball's coming and you can't hit a, the pass receiver until he gets a ball, all those things. They're aware. And so to me, I, I don't buy the argument that, you know, it can't be controlled. Right. Go lower, go higher. Don't hit the guy in the head. A, a good legal tackle has just as much impact, I think, as somebody you know, crushing somebody in the head yeah, or exactly. whatever. Exactly. And and the guy's probably not going to be hurt, you know, by yeah, a good tackle exactly. in the midsection, you know. Yeah, just go for a the good legs. wrap up. So yeah, that, that I think that's because a lot the teach the teaching technique of uh modern coaches, you know, just teach them to to hit and wrap up and, and take a guy down instead of trying to take him down with a blow. Yeah, you don't need that's, to decapitate. Right, right. Well, Tim, great stuff. Great discussion. Uh, you know, I know we got a little bit off subject with the, the half distance penalties, but it brings up so many great elements of football of the game of yesteryear and today. And you do that each and every day with uh, some of these tidbits, uh, just like this one, where you bring up something that's maybe not the the mainstream uh, talk of football history or even modern day football, but you bring it into a new light and a story of its own. And uh, we'd love for you to, to share with the listeners how they too can enjoy these on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I just try to find things that I think are interesting every day and that, uh, 
shed light on past practices and hopefully illuminate something about the current game, you know, at least in you know something that we can compare ourselves to. And so, um, you know, if you're interested in following, um, just go to footballarchaeology.com, subscribe. You'll get an email every day in your inbox at seven o'clock Eastern that 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 has that the story. And otherwise, you can follow me on Twitter at football uh, at football archaeology. And uh, either way, if you're if you're interested, consume it. However, however it is that makes you happy. Well, Tim, we thank you uh, for once again joining us here. And, and you know, I'm going to throw this out here, Tim, and uh, hopefully you won't get angry with me. But these, these are so such interesting things, and I'm sure there's a lot of the listeners that maybe have questions on where something started in football, and uh, maybe we could get them in contact with you, and maybe on a f- future show we could answer some of those questions. Uh, so. Either you go onto Tim's website, uh, footballarchaeology.com, or you can email me at pigskindispatch at gmail.com and uh, send in your questions where something started. And maybe Tim has it in one of his uh, multiple books or on one of his tidbits. And uh, if not, he loves to put on that research hat and uh, hit the library hard and the newspaper archives, and we'll we'll try to find something for you. So, Tim, thanks again, and uh, we will talk to you again next week. Very good. Darren, thank you much, as always. We're taking a peek over at the chains and the down marker. It's fourth and long. We're going to have to punt the ball and get on out of here, but we'll have another series tomorrow for your football history headlines, so be sure to tune in. We invite you to check out our website, pigskindispatch.com, not only to see the daily football history, but to experience positive football with our many articles on the good people of the game, as well as our own football comic strip, Cleat Marks Comics. Pigskindispatch.com is also on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all of your positive football news and history. Special thanks to the talents of Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff for letting us use their music during our podcast. Pigskindispatch.com is a proud affiliate of the Sports History Network, the headquarters of sports yesteryear. Hey there, football fans. This is Ross, the host of the Pigskin Tales podcast. I just need a few moments of your time to talk about the host of the Pigskin Dispatch podcast, Darren Hayes. He's expanded the pig pen to search out information on the history of all team sports. It's a quest to find out about the competitors, teams, and places chronicled throughout athletic history through the uniforms and gear the participants used and wore. And he is taking you, the listener, with him on this educational journey to preserve sports history on the Sports Jersey Dispatch, found here on the Sports History Network. His newest podcast, called Jersey Dispatch, is all based on the jerseys that all the greats used to wear. You can find Darren Hayes and the Pigskin Dispatch podcast as well as Jersey Dispatch on your favorite podcast provider multiple times each week. So remember that, Darren Hayes, the host of the Pigskin Dispatch and Jersey Dispatch podcasts. It's found right here on the Sports History Network.